1: Terms and conditions apply. 5 years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first.
2: ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, no matter the result. You'll always be winning with Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and time supply. See McDonald's.
1: Well, welcome to this latest episode of the Forever Bristol City podcast, Joy and Rapture. The final score at the Riverside in front of the watching Nigel Pearson. It finished Borough 1, City 3. A repeat of the scoreline from last season's corresponding fixture, which everybody said was the way we wanted to and hoped to play. Under Dean Holden. Well, he was nowhere around tonight. The new manager was in the stand. Joining me uh, this evening are the usual uh, suspects uh, Dave, Les, uh, Ian, and Mark will be along later. Uh, We're going to let a a couple of the other people in to do some talking uh, as well. Taze is in with us. Let me come to you first, uh, Dave. I mean, that was. The reaction that maybe should have happened on uh, Saturday. What was what? What do you think brought it about tonight? Yeah, you know, five words of wisdom in the hotel from the new man.
3: Um, I, I'm pretty sure he's had quite a big influence since uh, yesterday's announcement. Um, how much um, involvement he had in picking the team? I think he might have had quite a bit because I think you know, Bar Riley Taylor is still playing out of position at left wing back. Everyone was playing in sensible positions tonight um mm. you know, round pegs in round holes square pegs in square holes if whatever the expression is and uh, yeah and I, and I think it showed as well i think there were a couple of key things in it which we'll probably talk about a little bit later yeah. on but no a- absolutely delighted and i think is a a huge boost to our season as well
1: yeah uh les i mean what uh, what did you uh, what did you think there was a reaction there were you, any surprises in the lineup uh, for you at least Car no. showed some responsibility and went on the left of a three, didn't he?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was no real surprises apart from maybe Taylor coming in. Uh, but that makes sense with Sessegnon, you know, coming back from long-term injury. And I think we mm. need to give credit to Simpson and Downing because, you know, you looked at the way we passed and moved today and we didn't give the ball away at all. There was real clarity in terms of organisation. There was a real work rate, which probably comes from Pearson. But I thought... Um, you know, the step up and the improvement from Saturday was absolutely huge and I think the two assistant coaches need to take some credit for that because we look very, very well drilled today. Yeah,
1: yeah. Taze, uh, you've joined us for the first time in a while so good to uh, have you on. Did you see the interview with uh, Simpson before the game? It was very frank and uh, open and, uh, you know, do you think he, he, you know, they they should take that credit for uh, a sparkling opening 45 minutes?
4: Evening on, yeah, I'd agree. I I think, Both of them have to take a certain amount of credit for tonight purely because we were on the front foot from the off. Drastic change from the weekend. Um, And I just think that to me, the players looked hungry and really what we want to see. So they've obviously played a part in it. So um, I would say certainly off the back of Saturday, they deserve a fair amount of credit off the back of that and much needed three points. So absolutely buzzing. With yeah, them.
1: I think I know. I don't think we can be looking over our shoulders now. And I think uh, even the most optimistic person, which probably isn't any of us, we don't really need to be looking uh, too far up. I mean, Dave, let's uh, c- come back to you on the starting lineup. That midfield combo of Naj, Palmer and uh, Backinson. I mean, that was um, you know it looked. You know, people were saying, why haven't we done this before? So that is a question. Why haven't we uh, done this before? Because, again, for certainly
3: for a good hour, they moved well, didn't they? They did I think, you know, listening to Simpson before the game, I think most of us probably saw it as it was either going to be a very flat three in there or it was probably going to be back into the nudge with, with Palmer in the hole. But it wasn't like that at all, actually. Sim- Simpson said before the game, he, he saw it very much as two behind the strikers. So, yeah. you know, almost going back to how we how we started the season. But I, I guess Parver and, and Naj played from probably slightly deeper positions than what Patterson and Viman did early on in the season. But I thought, you know, Naj's first 45 minutes, I thought he was, I thought he was excellent to, today. And, and Backinson's. Tempo of his pass and his weight of his passing is you know it's yeah. it's really impressive, you know. And he, he'll have his bad games. Um, and I thought, you know, Palmer. I, th- I think he gets a lot of unfair stick for not working hard. I always think he works hard. I just don't think he's very good at it in the main. Um, and, but today he was pretty disciplined. And I think when he when he sat in front of. Towler, after about 20 minutes, that was quite good, and it allowed like, Naj probably to swap over with him and uh, cover Hunt a little bit more because Bola was causing some problems down there. So, yeah. a couple of little tactical switches in, in in the middle of the first half as well helped us, I think. And you know, we took our goals really well. So, that was uh, good, good, like the midfield, like Long the midfield,
1: way, continue, continue, Long yeah. Way continue, yeah, Les. Um. Fam's had his critics and saying shouldn't even start him. But uh, the key thing up front was that he played Fam and Wells in the middle without pushing Nacky out wide. I mean, well, it speaks for itself, doesn't it? I mean, uh, Fam scored two, making it 50 goals for Bristol City, set up Nacky. Uh, They looked a pretty useful combination this evening, didn't they?
0: No, I thought they did. I mean, I thought the first... Really, the first 10 minutes, I thought Fam was absolutely dreadful. And I thought it was going to be another one of it. He did. He gave it away a few <laughs> times. I mean, it's yeah. touch. Yeah. It's touch. Yes. He gave the ball away in poor positions. But then suddenly we got this break. And I think Jack Hunt got the cross and he got blocked. And then Naj did a beautiful chip ball. And I don't know what happened to Middlesbrough's defence. They had a really, really poor 15-minute spell. Um, but the thing is that we were clinical. You know, We got these free chances and we took them all. And um, yep. I think both Fam. Uh, and Nak- I thought Naki Wells was excellent today. I thought he worked his socks off. I thought he looked a real threat in good positions, and I think they both deserve a lot of credit. And I'm hoping Fam isn't, you know, out because he seemed to go off quite quickly after going down. Um, but no, I thought they were both absolutely excellent.
3: Looked like it was the plan for him to come off Les, I think, as well. Okay, you know, Semenya, oh, right, yeah, so but he looked I like think he had a just big... hastened it, yeah.
1: Yeah, he had a big ice pack on his uh, leg, didn't he? So, uh, so uh, yes, hope he is uh, fit for the weekend. I mean, Taze, uh, Riley Towler, he came in and uh, good to see him being brought back into the side because it would have been easy maybe to have left him out and had him on the bench. But he f- he showed a few nice touches, even though he was playing out of position, wasn't he?
4: Yeah, but looking at him tonight, you wouldn't have thought he was playing out of position. I thought the the most pleasing thing for me tonight with Towler is obviously had a few uh, few tough games of late, certainly of Watford springs to mind. But I think tonight would have been a real good confidence booster for him. He was steady. You could see a lot of his decision-making was quite good, albeit cautious. Uh, but I, I was really impressed with him tonight. And I think it bodes well going forward, especially if he can sort of be in and around the first team playing more games, even if it's out of position. Um, I think he would have built a lot of his confidence up tonight. So really good to see him having a, having a steady game.
1: Yeah, no, that was uh, good. Let's get, uh, let's break uh, into the action. And uh, City's first chance came on uh, 12 Minutes. Uh, Dave Palmer, who looked half-decent player tonight, set up FAM, and that was a smart uh, save that uh, Bettinelli had to do, Dive into his left, wasn't it? Yes?
3: Yeah, it was good. I think you know, the whole kind of quick, you know, one or two-touch passing that got us there as well was was good as well. And it's just good to see players actually linking. Um, so, yeah, yeah no, it's a... It, it was good after you know and the, think...
1: and the first goal Dave on the 20 minute mark what a lovely little dink ball that was in by Naj or Norg or whatever he was being called on the the red button uh and a lovely little cushioned header by Diju wasn't it for his ninth
3: of the season yeah well so I, I think a, a few minutes before we'd had a really good spell where we we'd kind of worked the ball from side to side and got it forward into their th- final third and and you thought, oh, we're playing a bit better here. We seem to gain confidence from that. And I, I think Les had already already said that um, Hunt got down the right hand side, got a cross in, it got half cleared. Hunt won the header back um, um, against the kind of standing defender, and it, it fell to Najd. And To be fair, he kind of got it out of his feet and dug out a, a good cross. And you know, I guess a centre forward like Zhizhu should, you know, should bury those really. And and he and he probably did. Yeah, it was good. Good yeah, goal. I think, you know, give, give, give us a real big boost.
1: Yeah, Les, two goals then in the space of uh, three minutes. And again, they were good strikes. Backinson, I think, won the ball in midfield, fed it through for Naki, who unselfishly uh, knocked it for Diju. And then the other one that that Wells set up, it was uh, Diju headed from inside his own half. Wells got the better of Housen. How did you see both those two goals, which really put City out of sight and uh, won the game before the break, really?
0: Well, I think the the second goal was outstanding because Naj has lost the ball in just inside their half and he's run back to win it. He's yeah. got a strong challenge in he he got it to Backinson, he's played a nice, I think, first time through ball to Wells. And we I was worried we we're gonna have another Sheffield United moment there. But he um he, he played a nice through ball to Jiju, got out of his feet nicely, tucked it away. Really good goal. And again the third one, I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember if it was a long ball from our own half, but I thought Wells took a touch that was too heavy. And mm-hmm. I was thinking that's a chance gone. I'm thinking the keeper's gonna uh rush out and the keeper hasn't and he's just moves it onto his left hand side opened the angle up um, I don't know if he actually took it round him but there was enough space just to slot it under him or to the side of him and at that point I mean I think everyone's in a bit of shock to be honest
1: yeah I, know. I mean it was it was like that it was really 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 unbelievable at half time uh, to go in as you say three nil I mean Taze looking at the three goals which of them was the pick of the goals from uh, from your perspective
4: I think probably the second with farm. Farm's a great finish. I think, as um, Les said, Naj worked his socks off to win the ball back, and it was just good to get that cushion. I think we needed it, even though on the basis of the first half, we definitely deserved it. But with, with our luck at the moment. Um, I think we were always going to need the second goal. So for me, well, certainly for for how I felt watching the game, the second goal definitely gave a bit more uh, reassurance and could actually start watching and enjoying us again. So um, <laughs> and Fam, and nice fam
1: put in a performance that uh, I say it wasn't great in the second half, as uh, somebody's put on here. I'm not going to disagree with him from that respect. But Fam, he's in the exalted company now of uh, goal scorers who've uh, got 50 goals for Bristol City. It's got you've got to give him some credit it for that, haven't you?
4: Yeah, I, th- I think Fe- Fevz is obviously, he'll admit, he's been a little critical of Fam at times. And <laughs> Les, uh, Le- Les obviously said, first 10 minutes, I'd agree with Les. I thought, looking at Fam, I thought it was going to be one of those nights for him. But um, after that first goal, he, 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 he sort of got his game uh, way into the game slowly and then um, playing to a level that we really expect him to do more consistently. Uh, but it, it's good to have him back on, back on the score sheet. And uh, I think he feeds off the confidence of scoring goals. So it's what we want. And it'll be interesting to see how he plays for the rest of the season under Pearson and how, how they're accommodated. Um whether we go again with Wells two up top or whether I think Pearson has tended to favour four, two, three, one. So it'll be interesting to see yeah, we've got a
1: view. We've got a view. We've got a view. When we talk about uh, Nigel Pearson's preferred uh, lineup, we've actually had a contribution from somebody up at uh, Watford, which uh, we'll uh, read out. Um, Mark and uh, Ian have uh, have joined us. We've uh, we've done with the first half, chaps. But obviously, we're going to spend most of this evening talking about um, uh, the, the appointment of the new manager. No manager, not head coach. Dave. I mean, second half. It was a little bit after the Lord Mayor's show, and I said to you before we went live, it was a little bit like the sort of wins that City had that storming start to the season with, where they got the goals, but we didn't impress in the second half. We did just enough. And you said probably they deserve maybe to sit back on that lead, but just expand on that point.
3: Yeah, I just, I, I think it's kind of natural. You're going to, Warlock's going to given them a good old speaking to at half-time. They're going to come out a bit fired up. And I, I guess you sometimes how you start that second half probably you know can influence how the rest of the game goes we we gave away a couple of sloppy passes and and it just kind of dragged us a bit deeper than perhaps we wanted to but we we defended pretty well in the main and as as, as i said before the game i think sorry before we, we went on, on air that when you're 3-0 up at half time you don't need to be taking chances You probably no. we, i don't think we wanted to sit back as much as we did you know i'm not not going to argue with that but it sometimes happens they didn't create too many clear-cut cut chances. And, and I think we were all hoping we'd get, you know, a, a good pass through the thirds in the midfield and we'd be four on three against and we take the chances, 4-0 or 4-1, and, and, you know, game over. And it didn't quite happen. And, and you know, I I'm you you win that game in the first half, you know, and there was no need to go and do anything stupid in the second half. I think we no. didn't it. Defended properly, a little bit deep, a little bit narrow, uh, Sorry, not narrow. We 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 let them get into the wide positions too easily. But in fairness, Hunt and um, Tyler didn't really let anyone get past them um, in that you know half an hour, for the first half hour, of the, the the second half. And then we made a couple of subs and. Yeah. Probably got a little bit disjointed
1: again, but that was It was a bit. Fun. It was a bit. It was a bit. Ian, uh, second half, bit of an after the Lord Mayor's show for you. Did you expect us to build on the 3-0 the halftime advantage?
5: No. Um, I thought it was a fantastic first game for Nigel Pearson to watch live. I thought it was everything you'd want in a first game. So the first half, we showed him what we could do. Where yeah. We had six shots and all on target. And the second half, we showed him why we are where we are and looking over our shoulder. Because we conceded too much ground, get kept giving the ball away and conceded a huge amount of crosses into the box. Uh, I thought we were really quite poor, second half. And I thought we were quite good. Uh, not perfect. I mean, after about 10 minutes, I think I had fam had given away about three fouls, trampolined it three or four times. And all <laughs> of a sudden... He turned into he turned into Thierry Omri. Um, <laughs> it's the best I've seen. I've seen the two play together. The reason they played well together is they played they were ten yards apart, not forty yards apart. Yeah, and they were towards the same area of the pitch up front. That's that's why they played well together. But I think what Nigel Pearson would have seen, he said, right, okay, first half, fantastic, well done, excellent. We could have done this a little bit better. than That second half. That's why you are where you are, yeah. because you stop doing all the good stuff. I mean, okay, the other side's got to get some credit. And worn up, probably there was probably paint coming off the walls in the dressing room at halftime. But <laughs> you've you you've got uh, you, you've got to keep going because the better sides w- would have come back, uh, even from yeah. from three nil up. The only downside for me tonight really was fam going off with an injury. Yeah. and and no, no, it didn't problem. look great.
1: It didn't look next, great, did it? Next,
5: to, next, to Gallus, next to Callus. he's the guy that we can least afford to lose.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You mean from the point of view of defensive strength as much as anything else? Yeah. Because he did a couple of good clearances in that second half. I know. Let me bring uh, Mark in for the first time tonight. Mark, second half was a little bit after the uh, Lord Mayor's show, but they'd done the business in the first, hadn't they?
6: Yeah, well, I mean, back in some was, was already effective in the second half and that was the difference. But we just kept giving the ball away when we did get the ball in their half and we had the chance to get the ball wide and support the man on the ball. We we just didn't do it. And, you know, heavy touches took the ball through to Bettinelli and they were back on the attack. I mean, I think although they had a lot of crosses into the box, they never really got behind us. And I think that's to the uh you've got to give credit to Riley Towder and Jack Hunt for that and the win was ferocious. The ball, you know, perhaps well, it they blew across it. It. It, didn't, it, didn't, no, it didn't even yeah. the goal that they even the goal that they got owed a bit of luck because I think it was a ricochet off of Hunt. And then Johnson plays it with his left foot rather than his right and then it takes two touches off our defenders before Fry sticks it in at far post. In. Yeah. But
5: no, yeah, it, was it, was it was a, a scrappy goal. A, 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 Yeah, Yeah, but if you keep, if you keep letting, it's my, my point is if you keep letting people cross the ball in the box, sooner or later, the worst footballer in the world will put in a decent cross and score a goal. So stop the the damn crosses.
6: Yeah, I agree. agree We keep,
5: we keep keep doing it. We keep letting people cross the damn ball. Get close and stop them crossing it. Give a throw in away do what you like, but get older the thing. Yeah. Well, we were a lot yep. we were a lot tighter in the first half and and and
6: we were great going forward because yep. attack and attack and defence was in tandem and with those 3 centre-backs spread wide we were able a, able to thread the ball through uh to to Wells and uh, and Juju and and they they connected very well with Casey Palmer behind. I thought they were great but we just seemed to completely lose that in the second half and uh, I think um Backinson St- you know, back in some, you know, I think he just didn't make that impression in the second half. He really needs no. to, d- to do but more. As we, as we say, the job it's not a bad start. start. It's a good start. It's a great it's a, it's start. A, it's a great start to the, to the era, yeah. but we, it's, it's going to be a different game on Saturday because they Definitely. won't be one dimensional like
1: No, uh, Very good. Very good team uh, coming up. Although Swansea did lose at Huddersfield 4-1 uh, at the weekend. Uh, Dave, um, Tomo's put on there about it wasn't a typical Neil Warnock side. We won seventy-five percent of the tackles we went for, and they won forty percent. Um, they were a bit ordinary, Borough, wasn't it? You know, I mean, they, they never really got going. Maybe if they'd have got that uh, consolation goal ten minutes earlier, we might have come under a bit more pressure. But they didn't look that they didn't look that great, Borough, did they, Dave? No,
3: but I I think if you know, I've watched Borough quite a few times this season, and this Borough side is not anything like a normal worn the side. They actually I don't know they get lots of crossing, but they actually do do play. Um, they you know they got a ball playing midfield who's playing centre back in McNair. Um they got Bowler who'll absolutely bomb down the left hand side um, and who do they have on the right hand side I'm trying To I'll just try to try to quickly remember um and Fisher, Fisher and was replaced, yeah. we were, I was very disappointed because I I had some money on him at thirty three to one to get sent off to kind of justify <laughs> the the two, the what, two told, sen- what told you that <laughs> the two send it offs that he, he should have had against us for Preston earlier this season. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I think they're a, they're a different side. You know, they they play a lot more football than people give them credit for, just because Neil Warnock's manager and and you know they're not a great side, but they're a, an organised side and. You know, people like Morsi and Housen in the middle of the park there are, you know, a good, um, solid championship midfielders who, you know, get about you. And and for once, we actually stood up to that kind of physical challenge, which we haven't done for months and months. So, uh, yeah, that's good. That's true.
1: That's true. No, we have got, we have put a foot in uh, a little bit more. Les, I mean, it was, um, you know, as we've said a few times, it was all over in the first uh, half from from being uh, a contest. I mean, if we look at... I don't want to go through each individual player's marks, but uh, I'll come to each of you. Starting first with you, Les. Anybody an eight or a nine in your view? Anybody an eight or a nine?
0: Uh, I thought Naj was easily a nine. I thought for 80 minutes, he was absolutely outstanding. I think his legs went in the last 10 minutes or so, but he was the only one who got across to stop the crosses from the midfield in that second half. He was battling. I thought he was absolutely... One of the best performances I think he's had for Bristol City, actually. Um, other than that, Is, I, think they were, I, I think the two centre-backs, um, Biner, Mariapa, and then Callas as well, were all eights and nines. Um, I, I, I think, you know, if you go back to 10, 15 minutes ago in his podcast, I think people were quite negative. We just won the game 3-1 and we've been very solid throughout the game. I think the whole team were eights and nines, to be honest with you. That's, that's fair.
1: Yeah, I mean, Taze, any eights and nines, or any nine, just put it like that. Let's say nobody was less than a seven or an eight. Any, any nine, any nine out of ten performances for you there, Taze?
4: I'd have to agree with what what Les has said there. Really, in terms of N- Naj's energy levels were absolutely superb tonight. He was fantastic. I'd have him as a nine personally, and I would actually probably give Mariappa a nine tonight. I thought he was absolutely superb, um, and Callis did well on the the uh, left of a back three. So overall, I think a really, really good team performance. But they they would be my standouts personally. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, that's done a fair spread of the uh, the numbers. I mean, Ian, if I come to you uh, next on uh, the 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 performances, hunt, Hunt's hunt been getting a few pelters on here and being seen as the weak link. I mean, do you think that um, our new man, and we'll talk about his appointment in a minute, but Ian, do you think our new man would make many changes to that side for the next game, which is over at the Liberty Stadium in Swansea?
5: Well, he can't. are isn't any players available. We only got 19. There was only eight on the bench tonight because we've only got 19 19- Fit players, and if, fam get, if Fam's got a knock, let's say he's got a knock that keeps him out just on Saturday, mm. then you're going to have seven on the bench because there's nobody else available, unless you know uh, Baker rises like Lazarus from um, his uh, his deathbed, uh, or Liam Walsh comes goes on the bench and he can play, you know, twenty minutes or something like that. We just haven't got the players to make any changes, and that's one of the things I think. Pearson might find uh, uh, a bit awkward until players start filtering back. Uh, Tonight, I think you'd have to mark it as two completely separate games. You'd have to mark the first half. um, And yeah, there were some eights there. Uh, Second half... Mm. Yeah, we we had to defend well because we kept giving the damn ball away. So I, I would, you know... There, there's players that I'd, I'd give an eight in the first half that I'd give a six or a five in the second. And That's, and, that's and fair. That's what I would agree
3: with that. That's, that's what, what you said and, in the beginning. And I think that's, said it was... that's,
5: what, that's what we've got to maintain. And the thing I don't like is when he put in the left back, he's having a bit of a rough time at right back, but left back, oh dear me.
1: Yeah. No, it's well, not, I, uh, I didn't
5: see the sense in that because it wasn't like Taylor was getting a chase in. He was, the kid was doing well. Leave him on.
1: Yeah, Take no, him off and put Sessing Cesc-
5: on right back. Yeah. You, could have you know, acted- I, I just—I didn't get that at all. But Dave, the i just don't want to get—I don't want to say miserable, but I just don't want to get—you do. don't want to uh. get carried away. <laughs> yeah, you
1: do. You he do. You want do. to? Tomo said, "Stop yawning, Febs." Is that because you're tired, or you're listening to Ian? Uh, let's no, that was, that was me. That was me. <laughs>
3: that, that was me commenting about Mark being boring with all his negative comments. Not you, Mark Greenan, oh. but uh, Mark, Mark, another Mark, Mark Carter. Somebody.
1: Yeah. All right, somebody else on yeah. there. Yeah. I Call, mean, you out there, Mark. The substitutions. <laughs> would you? Have, I mean, Masengo came on uh, in the end. Well, not that long after, but the substitutions. Somebody's put on here that uh, they altered the shape of the side a little bit. Masengo. Would you have brought him on rather than Pato at uh, the time that he came on, or 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 yeah.
3: or, well, th- or not? I think. I think you know. Fr- first of all, let's go back. Borough changed it at half-time. instead of you know going with their uh, five three two. They they swapped to a, a four three three, albeit a massively lopsided one where. They didn't really play of a left back, which is, was probably quite apt playing against Bristol City because you know we haven't had one for weeks. But Bola just <laughs> played Bowler played like a left winger in effect, and then they moved Dyke still out onto right back and took Fisher off, didn't they? And uh, and they played it, and brought Mendes Lang on, and, and tried to play a slightly different way against us. And I, and I think that probably affected us a little bit. We probably didn't quite get it sorted out. Um, but in terms of our subs. Uh, I think you just have to be mindful. You know, I, I, I don't disagree in around around Taylor, but sometimes you can just play them too much. And actually, if it means he's available on Saturday because he's not had to do a, a full 90 tonight, then that might have been, been the right thing. So, we, you know, we'll see how he reacts to, you know, rest rest up tomorrow and then come in because he definitely didn't look as sprightly in the, the second game. When was it? Watford game, was it? When he started having played against... Um, at Sheffield, Sheffield United in, yeah. in the Cup so and I think that's you just have to be mindful about you know nursing these young players through at the moment I, in an ideal world you probably want Sessignon Hunt and um, Towler to kind of split the minutes across each fullback position yeah. over the <laughs> over the Cowichs but that's probably a luxury you, you're not going to get um subs were you know whatever they were really you know we, we I think Patterson played kind of up top for the last 10 minutes as well um which is probably another option for us if, if you know, we we want to play more of a, a midfielder up there or a number 10 up there and play him slightly withdrawn. So, yeah, you know, it's just a case of just, I guess, freshening up a few a few players in the last 10 minutes, quarter of an hour So I didn't need too much yeah. of it.
1: Mark, um, the under-23s play today and I think the uh, invisible Liam Walsh wasn't invisible. He played for uh, 60 minutes. They lost 3-1. I think uh, Tomlin scored for uh, Cardiff. But, uh, you know, Lansbury looks tw- like Under 23 going, stones, Under he? 23, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very true. But, uh, uh, you know, Walsh, would they put him on the bench and just to make up the numbers? And Lansbury oh. looks like he's going to be out for an extended period. How many times have we
6: heard that? Swollen Achilles, I believe, isn't it? I, um, I wouldn't risk... I wouldn't risk... Um, um, I mean, I put him on the bench, and and, and leave him there, a Walsh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't get him ready. I think he needs, he needs a couple of run-outs. He needs to be wrapped in cotton wool because uh, we don't want to set him right back again. We haven't seen him all season, but uh, you know, I was um, I, when when Les was talking about uh, Nash. I mean, he made uh, earlier about how well he played. He made one great overhead kick in his own area to clear the ball. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. His well is chasing back, and tonight Casey Palmer tackling back, clean tackles. Yeah, yeah, yeah he
3: he's done did, that all his time, but people don't don't notice it. Yeah,
6: yeah, he was just, he, but he was, you know, he was he was tracking back, and, and that's what really made a difference. Both of those tucking back, and and covering all of those gaps. I mean, I was interested to see uh, this bowler. Uh, their left back I mean he's had quite an interesting career uh, he left uh, Arsenal got released by Arsenal uh, uh, a few years ago and went to Middlesbrough Bar Blackpool but he was actually he was actually on loan uh, to Rovers a few years ago
1: is that right
6: his name's not he was not on loan to Rovers NBA, four seasons ago and he
1: goes on the team sheet as Ebola no sorry I <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh
6: dear M-bola. M-bola,
1: M-bola. anyway look I think we've done the get right now on the weekend I don't think any of us expected when we wrapped up the podcast on Saturday night to be, well, we thought we were going to be in for another long haul looking for the right human. Uh, and lo and behold, <laughs> it all started breaking. Uh, it's, it's Nigel Pearson. It took them their time to announce it. I think it was pretty much in the bag from late Sunday evening. It got announced about half past eight last night. And We said on the podcast, I said on the podcast, actually, that what we should do, things were so dire that we should go out like a business would do, and get an interim in and a quality interim where you over-recruit. And Nigel Pearson is the only manager in the time I've been watching City when they've made changes that I think to a man, person, um, I don't hear any voices of discontent with Pearson's appointment. So I'll come to uh, each of you. I'll start with uh, Taze. I mean, Taze, that is a bold appointment. Nigel Pearson coming in but it's just for the 14 games as it is now so your thoughts I'll come to each of you with your thoughts on Pearson's appointment then we'll get into some of the detail surrounding it but Taze was it a surprise when he was announced
4: it it was yeah um absolutely delighted with the with the appointment if I'm being honest I think he's exactly what we need um hopefully he can stay on obviously beyond beyond this season that would be the ideal but yeah very very surprised um, but delighted all the same. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly think, as you said, Dave, that I can't remember a time as a City fan where the fan base have been so unanimous in in agreeing really with the fact that he is, he's the right man for it. So very pleasantly surprised, but I'm just looking forward to seeing what he can do going forward now, really, and how he's going to set us up and how we're going to play. Also, uh, he's a bit of a character as well. So um, yeah. I'm sure that, sure that I'll add a bit of spice to it. So,
1: Really, really good appointment for me. Yeah. Dave, I, I, I said, uh, I might have said to you uh, off air earlier today that, that he's the first, what I would call, proper manager we've had since um, Danny Wilson. Now, I don't include Steve Koppel there because he was of a par, but he wasn't here long enough to have any impact. But we're uh, you, you. I know we spoke privately, but you felt it was a bold appointment, bring him in, wasn't it? And do you think it was Steve Lansdowne's appointment this time? Yeah.
3: Um, your last bit of the question absolutely um i, I i'm not sure about of a bold appointment I, I think you know i know ian's been mentioning him and mark's been mentioning him in their list of people we should get in from from my point of view one that you know he's not a qu- absolute quality manager i didn't think we'd go for someone like that and nor did i think he might go for someone like us either so i think that that that's why you know i've not really mentioned him and i've been quite quite keen on on Paul Cook but you know as soon as you hear that actually we might be going for him then yeah you know as, as Taser said you know absolutely right behind it he's a level above and pro- probably a, a two levels above where I thought we might recruit and yeah so and, and you know you're, you're you're the recruitment specialist you know got out there we've gone big haven't we and uh
1: yeah well, uh, we have we've, we've gone listened. big. We have gone big. No, no doubt it's, about it's that. Listening to Simon
3: Jordan on Talksport today as well, in, in terms of him saying that you know he's a good manager and he expects that you know if if Pierce is still here uh, next season, he expects us to be right up there as well. I think he's, he's he's that good a good a manager. All comes down to what the players do for him, obviously. But um, yeah. Yeah. How many right. times
1: we have that? I are yeah.
3: yeah. Les, are you, are, you, are you concerned that it's
1: temporary? You know, because one would like the thing tempt to think temp to perm. But if he does a good job for us, I think he's mellowed a bit. That interview he did with Sky after he'd had his – I mean, he lost his mum last year. He got COVID. Then he had heart disease related to it. Sounds like an arrhythmia. Then rheumatoid arthritis. He's been through it a little bit. But uh, do you think that it, we should be concerned that – he's using this to get us back, uh, to get himself back, wired up to be an intense manager? Or do you think he does view this as a project? And I'll ask the same question of Ian, but you first, Les. I'm,
0: I'm not I'm not convinced Nigel Pearson's the kind of manager who will come in just to get his name mentioned again around the championship. But I'm, I am concerned that it's a short-term deal. I mean, it makes sense for that to be the case because of the situation we're in. And I, you know, I've mentioned this to people. My worry is Pearson likes to be very, very hands-on. He likes to be involved in the physio side of things. He likes to be involved in the science, the transfers behind the scenes. How on earth is that going to work with someone like Mark Ashton, mm-hmm. who is very keen to maintain power. And like you said, at the start of this topic, this was a Lansdowne <laughs> This was a lands- This was a landsdown appointment. And uh, my worry is, Will Pearson want to stay and work with someone like Ashton, where he may not have the same, uh, what's the word, the same remit that he would like or expect or demand. Um, That's Mm. my concern. Yeah.
1: What are your thoughts, Ian? Uh, Concern that it's, I mean, because look, let's say he wins, let's say he wins eight out of the last, 14 games you know which would see us uh, put us on 24 42 about the same number of points as we've had for the last few years. he finishes they put the season tickets on sale and then he goes and then we end up with uh, Michael Appleton yeah do you are you concerned that this is just this short term over hire interim appointment or do you think he will be here for the long term
5: well <clears throat> what i'd say is i can't say it's not a great appointment because I was—I've been banging on about uh, Eddie Howe and him for a while and dismissing people that are coming from the lower level because I don't want another League One, League Two manager. Uh, you know, there's a there's a bloke at uh, Bradford. I think he's 25 or 28, and he's doing well. I mean, let's go and get him. Uh, no, yeah. let, let's for once go out and get a manager that draws attention to the club, raises the club's profile. And hopefully, our owner that does does like a flip flop, um, he decides he's going to back him, because yeah. you've if, if you, you it's no good bringing Nigel Pearson in and then saying in the summer right you know we've got these thirteen blokes we've got leaving if they if none of them sign a new contract we've got thirteen going senior pros you say right got thirteen senior pros Nigel here's six million quid. Uh, build, rebuild your squad. Yeah. Because he, he'll go, no. And I think the fans need to know if he's going to be there before they do anything with season tickets. Because it'll make a big difference because I'm not buying one until I know. And if it's somebody like, oh, well, Nigel's decided he's going to move on or whatever, and here's Michael Appleton, that's me finished. I, I'm not going to buy a season ticket. So. Yeah. And, and, and there's thousands of people, if you you only really got to look at the forums and social media, there's thousands of people that do the same. So, you know, and if Ashton, I, I imagine if people, if Ashton's got the kind of power that people think that he's got, um, then Pearson, and he didn't want Pearson, Pearson wouldn't be here. So um, I, I think Pearson's clever enough. You know, he, he's fallen out with people in the past. And he might have learned a bit of a lesson and thought, well, hang on, I, I just need to rein it in a little bit sometimes and, you know, work for the work together for the greater good. And, and, and I hope the bloke does great. And, and I hope he stays. I hope uh, he stays as like, well. A
1: hope. I hope it's a stays. hope. No, it's a it hope. It's a hope. Not an
5: absolute expectation.
1: No, no. Because, I mean, look, if Steve Bruce got canned by Newcastle, yeah, I mean, he's a sort of
5: yeah person and, and if, that if, if you're if your auntie had bollocks, she would be your uncle. I mean we might get of Alex Ferguson might come out of retirement. <laughs> yeah. Well
1: they could have he could have done you that. Know? I mean, Mark, what are your you uh, thoughts on that? Are you disappointed, Mark, that it's there it is a bit of disappointment because it's not it's not we've given him a two and a half year contract. It's he's here for fifteen games. Yeah? What do
6: you think? I think I think it suits both both sides because he gets to see what we're like, but it's the it's the manager, which is interesting, who the fans would have picked, which is very interesting because Nigel Pearson challenges okay. the hierarchy of clubs that he, he he works at. He's a very imposing guy, a very intelligent guy from what I've heard, especially on a BBC Sounds uh, programme called Don't Tell Me To Score, Valuing People If You Get A Chance. It's a yeah. bit heavy going, but he tells you about, you know, what influenced him in life uh, in terms of being positive. Uh, he's worked with sports psychologists at Leicester and casper Speichel and Riyad Mahrez credit him credit him you know building towards a team that won that won the the Premier League they can't speak highly enough of him.
1: No, well, that's he's, it, and it's good to get a manager where people would, say he, he's going to do well for you. Isn't he it? will yeah.
6: really build the players up. He's very hands on and yeah. if he can get if he can can get the the good players given 100% every week and get an 120% out of the the more ordinary players city are very well set next season yeah. if he stays there both to build and attract good yeah. quality sign because no. he will attract players. That Thank is
1: questions. a good point you say about attracting. Now, uh, Mark, you got in touch with uh, the Watford Supporters Trust to get a view on this, and uh, Laura Lowe uh, did you a very long email. I'm just going to uh, read bits of it and then might yeah, drop sure. in asking questions. And it was... Uh, um, Nigel Pearson arrived with Watford in a dire situation bottom of the table just one win and nine points after 16 matches with performances to uh, match and he said the defence had gone to ratchet and the attack had gone missing as well so Pearson had to find both had to find, had to both find goals and improve the defence on the pitch Pearson used his preferred 4-2-3-1 in attack and 4-4-2 4-5-1 in defence Dave coming to you first that what can we expect that you're very good at have you got is that pretty much in line with what you're expecting uh, Pearson to do down here, four-two-three-one, something like that?
3: With uh... Uh, um, po- possibly, yeah, I think he'll. I'm hoping he'll evaluate our squad and work out what the best system is for it, um, rather than necessarily go with, with one that doesn't fit. It, although, having said that, there was quite a big uh, discussion going on between four or five of us over over the weekend around this is before Pearson around four-two-three-one. And you know I'm not a big person for formations. Mm. Is probably the most flexible system to go and recruit to, mm. and 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 probably enables you to have kind of versatility in there as well. So it doesn't surprise me that you know that that might be something that he goes to with us, especially if you know he can't recruit as many players. You know, I'm talking like he's going to be here next season, but think you know, he can't recruit. Um, loads of players in the summary's gotta be selective. And if, if it's quality over over quantity, then I think you'll go for a system like that where you can perhaps have you know, players in midfield. So you take perhaps Naj tonight. Well Naj can play in the, in that two, but he could also play as one of the three as well, couldn't he? And be the one who's kind of breaking breaking forward. Um and I think that's you know, I, I like it to what Preston do. So Preston mm. have got a, a whole host of players that can play one or more positions. So they'll have someone like Maguire who can play up front, but he can also play wide. Sinclair can do that. Um, you get Daniel Johnson could could play in the 10, but he could also play left side. And I, and I think that might be how we go, but we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, Laura goes on to say this, he understood how to take the pieces given to them given to him, and make them work uh, better. Simultaneously, he changed the mood at the training ground and at Vicarage Road. Players who were supposedly were eager for a British coach seemed to feel he offered the right mix of support and directness. Happy to put his arm around a shoulder, but also prepared to deliver tough words. I mean, uh, Taze, that's what you want in a manager, somebody that can be good cop, bad cop, In equal measure, would you agree with that?
4: Definitely. I I think that's one of the pluses with Pitt. Well, one of many pluses, really. I think he's got many strings to his bow, in in a sense that he will, he can play good football. But I think, as uh, I think Mark said, he will, he will challenge the hierarchy. He will push. He will want to take the club on. But he also doesn't suffer fools gladly. So I don't, I don't think we'll end up having too many players that will be passengers throughout games. I think it's, I think he does really bring a different dynamic to what we've had for, for some time really. I mean, he's, he's, he's sort of a more experienced, successful and perhaps maybe aggressive version of, of Cottrell. Um, in, in
1: that sense. Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good comparison there. Uh, they, they, she's written here, just after he arrived, Watford went 4-2-1, but then performances slipped with a win of 1-1-4 from late Jan until lockdown. And they said that was obscured by the 3-0 win over then, undefeated uh, Liverpool. And I read this on the forum, uh, Watford's forum as well. They, he was never the same. Watford were never the same after the COVID uh, uh, after the COVID break or the enforced break and Pearson's COVID case evidently left him with bad side effect for months, which we've read about that or those of us have uh, followed it. The players returned from lockdown and never switched back on and uh, they lost that lively Delafeo. There was talk from the players of leading a night bulb moment, but it never came. That sits as much with the players, some of whom seemed to lose interest or were thinking about their next move. Les, there's talk, and this in the Watford dressing room before they humped us six 0 There's quite a strong player contingent there, and that Troy Deeney. Do you think he's the sort of player that, you know, in football clubs you get a player that maybe exerts too much influence and has the uh, players talking as a, well, it likes to think he's talking for them as a collective. What do you think of that?
0: Yeah, possibly. I've heard a bit about Dini and his attitude over the last few months, and, it, and it's hard to tell without being a part of it. The problem you've got with a team like Watford is you've got quite a few of these. Well, when they're in the Prem, they had a lot of, like a, these French African players who may have been one group. You had the Andre Gray, Dini who may have been another group, and they may be just not a squad that wasn't very harmonious. Whereas in Bristol City, you're dealing with a very, very different type of footballer. You're not dealing with that same level of ego and that same level of quality at the end of the day. If you look at Pearson's career in England, it'd be interesting to see how this Bristol City squad compares to what he's had previously. I reckon it's probably one of the weakest that he would have ever have managed. Um, What I'd be interested to know with Pearson isn't necessarily the Watford comparison, but it's a Derby one, because that's the one managerial job he had where big things were expected that went terribly. And I remember seeing Derby at Bristol City when Wilbraham scored in injury time. Or when at the end, and they were dreadful. I mean, they were really, really poor. And I think he only won one game in twelve, thirteen. So it'd be interesting to know what went wrong there, rather than necessarily the Watford. Uh, comparison
1: oh well yeah a friend of mine who's a Derby fan talked about that and I think he fell out with Mel Morris the chairman but lost I say lost the dressing room but this was from a Derby season ticket holder that Richard Keogh was captain of Derby at the time and they didn't like how he was dealing with them so maybe sometimes when you need to kick ass you know more people need to kick ass if they become the majority then you have got a bit of a problem there I mean this uh, Laura goes on to say we'll never know exactly what led to Pearson's dismissal despite lots of rumours after a dreadful match at West Ham for a club with a model built on frequent changes to a head coach role that has relatively little influence over transfers. Pearson seemingly was the right fit for a short term turnaround. That's what we got here, but perhaps not the right fit for a long-term relationship with the Watford hierarchy. It's hard to know what his relationship was with the board because it was such a short period interrupted by COVID. Um, This, relationship uh thing with the, the hierarchy i think you know we don't know how he was affected well he, he said himself he was affected badly uh physically with covid with his uh medical uh, uh, side effects from it and everything mark i mean th- this has got to be crucial to the longevity of his tenure at bristol city hasn't it you know getting on with well we're talking about one individual he has to get on with aren't we mark you still there um, yeah, sorry, I'm still there. Could you oh, hear me now?
6: Mark, you still there. I've yes, yes, sorry, I've unmuted. Um yeah. yeah, I mean with Watford you could you could say in defense of uh in defence of Pearson that they're, they're used to changing managers when the even when the going's good, I mean Yukanovich was, was sacked after he got gotten promoted, was not he? Which is <laughs> which is a nice way to reward somebody. But yeah, I think he's very imposing, and, and uh, he'll, he'll say what he thinks. He was famously sent off, I think, before a match by a referee who burst into the changing room, and he admonished him. He got the uh, the band turned over, turned over straight away. But he, he will say what he thinks. Uh, Cottrell said what he thinks, and I think there's got to, there's got to be mutual respect. I think for both parties, and I think both parties have agreed to this deal. Um, but I think City squad will have a lot to learn from, and I think Les is right. Is about you know probably one of the weakest bunch of players from a you know from a ability side, maybe mentally as well that he's had to work with, and perhaps they can can learn from him. Uh, somebody posted, of course, he, he I think he moved he moved uh, he, he moved um, Chris Martin on to Fulham maybe when he when he was there. He, he would certainly have worked very briefly with Adrian Mariapa. Yeah, but so you know he they, to the but he, he, he and might... And as well. I think it's... And is but his yeah, yeah, criticism's going to be constructive. Yeah. He works, he's worked with sports psychologists, I think a guy called Kenway, uh, Leicester University, who, who, who really rates him, and he worked with him when he was at Southampton as well. And Leicester is probably the only job where he's worked with a... Uh, a substantial period of time funny enough he had two spells there because he went to he went to hull and then went back there after the malaysians took over and then built them uh towards a championship winning team so he's a yeah. winner he's the he's the man that the fans would have picked the well man, I said the, the final word for the-
1: A final word from uh, the Watford uh, uh, reporter or the supporters' trust person. Many Watford fans respected Pearson, would welcome him back and wish him all the best at Bristol City. For a Bristol City side in a bad situation, he could be a good fit, figure out simple solutions, motivate players, change the attitude. He knows the championship well and given that Bristol City still have to play Borough, we've beaten Swansea, Bournemouth and Brentford, uh, it can uh, help them come to the top. I mean, uh, Ian... um, when Cottrell, uh, Cottrell when came, we all knew he was a personality manager that probably didn't spend that much time on the training ground. We're Not for one moment saying that uh, Pearson is like that at all. But he enjoyed most of his success with Craig Shakespeare as his number two. And then I think Chris Powell was with him for some of that time as well. Maybe not a very long time at Derby. How important is it? that we let him select his own back room team. And that'll be the first time we've not had the chairman saying, you've got to keep old Keefe because he's a good boy. But do you think think Simpson and or Downing will be around for much longer? Or do you think they will be here to the end of the season at the very least?
5: Yeah, they'll be here to the end of the season at the very least. Um, the first thing he's got to do, I mean, bear in mind he wasn't in charge tonight. I know he, he gave him a pep talk in one thing and another, and good if he did. Um, <clears throat> but no, let, let's let see what he needs to do is save us from relegation. Yeah, because uh, I've got absolutely no doubt that had he not uh been uh, had he not come in, we would have been relegated. Um, and even, we were if just Cook, even
1: if Paul Cook had got the job, because he was available, he could have started. No, no, I mean, no.
5: If if we hadn't have made the change, I mean, we had to make the change. Oh, made the forced. change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've you've got to look at look at the the thinking, and that's the bit that I really don't get. If Steve Lansdowne's gone on Talksport then another Billy Big Shoes interview, um, yeah. you know, we 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 needed to bring in the bloke, and then he described his qualities, and they are. Polar opposite, so Dean Holden. Polar opposite. So yeah. if Dean Holden was the best guy available, best <laughs> available coach in the world, in the yeah. summer, why? What, why is Nigel Pearson suddenly the best guy when he's the polar opposite? Now that that's something <clears> I don't <throat> understand. Um, and and it, like I say, our owner has got a terrible tendency to flip flop about what yeah. he wants and, and and what he's doing, and I'm not wanting to change a structure that clearly hasn't worked properly for four years. There's been some good bits and some really bad bits, but it's, you couldn't say it's been an overall overwhelming no. success. We, we've sacked the last two managers. That, yeah, that and we've it. done so, it to
1: death on here. That we've been And, and my, my own view, it, no, he,
5: he, yeah, he takes us through to the end of the season. We see where we are, um, and then you make up your mind. You either say uh, right, he either says right, I want all my own people in. And that would have probably been yeah. discussed when they spoke to him. I want, I, I want all my own people in. He might get to the end of the season, and uh, like you said earlier on, somebody might head on him. You know, there might be a Premiership job going, and they might say, right, you no, know, say let's make something up. Let's say Sean Dyche left Burry. Burnley. Yeah, they they might think, wow, well he's he's the ideal guy for us. So the honest answer is, we we do not know. We haven't got a clue what's going to happen, but. Let him get us out the muck we're in, the the you know, that we've is of our own doing and all these terrible injuries. L- let's do that, and then we'll start thinking about next season, season tickets. Does he bring in his own assistant, the daddy daddy da? I mean, if he does do well and then go, then at least you would hope that Steve Lance then will say, Right, let's go and get another bloke like that.
1: Yeah. that'd That's be what interesting you want. to and see whether, got... whether he does that. Whether hes I mean look let's hope yeah. let's hope, let's, hope, let's hope that he let's hope that he does stay. I mean Les the the media there's been very much a media blackout on all of this There's been no spokesperson coming from the club. I know it's all being announced tomorrow. tomorrow when it is announced to the media, will it be Mark Ashton and Nige? will it be either of the Lansdowne's and no Mark Ashton? Uh, Ashton's being conspicuous by his total silence in the last forty-eight hours. Somebody put on the uh, feed. I was watching it on the red button, so I didn't even realize there was no replays on red button. But um, somebody said he was getting chummy, sat next to Ashton. I mean, the old saying goes, "Keep your friends close and your enemies closer." I mean, do, who who do you think is going to present to the media tomorrow? And should we read any? Well, if Ashton's not there, then he's toast, really, isn't he? Would you say?
0: Oh, I think it'll be—I think it'll be Ashton. Yeah, he's the chief executive officer. He'll be the one doing the talking, I think. Um,
3: it's the only yeah. one in the country, I suspect.
0: Yeah, I—I don't—I I don't, I, I don't think—I don't think it's you know that bigger issue as to who presents presents here. Uh, no. But I would say that this is very much a Lansdowne appointment. Yeah. And uh, but you know maybe maybe we've been all this time giving Mark Ashton an unfairly hard time. Maybe he was the one who went to Lansdowne and said we need to change tax. And I know a lot of people said when Holden got the job, how awkward John Lansdowne looked during the interviews on the pitch. Watch yeah. it again and and look how awkward Mark Ashton looked during the uh, during the process as well. So maybe we've been giving him an unduly hard time, and it'll be interesting oh. to see how it changes over the next. <laughs>
1: what do you think? What do you think, Dave? I mean, you know, we've been harsh critics of him and and his five hundred thousand uh, pound salary. Um, yeah, and we've said for two or three months, it's running down of the contracts that's been going on. Yeah, the running down of the contracts. It's cleared the decks. You know, there's a lot that can happen. Do you think, you know, we've been discourteous to them and they have had this master plan where they've been working on it in this post-COVID football uh, land- post-COVID football finances landscape? What do you think?
3: I, I, I think... You don't go for through a vigorous six week process hmm. interviewing over ten people, thoroughly interviewing four mm. and and turned up with Dean Holden as the best candidate to yeah. do that process again in a much shorter period and turn yeah. up Nigel Pearson. So who yeah. whoever had the influence in making that decision in the summer has been completely overruled this time. We don't know which one it is. I probably can guess what I think it is. And the tone of Steve Lansdowne interview on, was it Friday night? Having done yeah. the one on Monday. Monday, yeah, told, told me he wasn't very happy and he was changing tack. That, that's my view. I might be completely wrong, but that's that's how I read the situation.
1: Yeah. I mean, John is allegedly over in the, the other side of the Atlantic, but... Uh... Uh, Steve could come and appear uh, at the presentation tomorrow. I mean, he didn't have to do the talk sport thing today, did he? Why didn't Ashton do the talk sport thing? I mean, what what's your views now, Ian, on the relationship with between Ashton and the chairman? And indeed, there was rumours going around, a strong th- thread on OTIB at the weekend, that uh, Ashton was the mysterious championship chief exec, helping a bunch of Americans uh, buy Ipswich Town? I mean, do you think Ashton will be there in six months' time?
5: I, I've no idea. I mean, I think who, whoever's there tomorrow, it, and and somebody else has said, if John's still in the Bahamas and Steve's in Guernsey, it's highly likely to be Ashton, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm, I'm guessing it'll be Ashton, the press officer, and uh, Nigel Pearson. Um, so, we'll hear what he's got to say. I, I don't think it's going to be you know the, the the usual guff. Let's put it that way. There's not going to be going on about pomos and box entries and all that kind of stuff that we've we've grown to love over the last
4: <laughs>
1: four or five seasons. It's
5: it's going to be uh, it's going to be some straight talking. And like I said, that's what I was, in a way, although I was pulling my air out in the second half, I was glad we played like we did tonight because after the first half, Pearson must have been thinking, well, what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with this lot? If, if if this is what we can do with all these players injured, Christ, we must have a good team. And then the second yeah. half, he must thought, ah, yeah, right, I get it now. Yeah, OK. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I totally agree with what Dave said. You, you don't go through a rigorous process with mm-hmm. global, global applications, applications yeah. from all over the world, Ashton said. And then Imran, you know, John Lansdowne particularly looked like he'd been kidnapped by the Taliban <laughs> and was being, being forced, being forced to say that, that, being forced to say that he was now a Muslim, and that all, you know, that that uh, that, that he was going to go right, he was going to like blow himself up live on television. To, to, to to prove that you know, they look like one of the videos
6: didn't he? we shouldn't
5: laugh um, about it. yeah it was wasn't it, I mean it, oh, poor old John I mean his eyes, you know big wide eyed, John then you went for this, this why did you do that uh, well um his uh, uh, yeah. oh, it was, voice it was uh, almost had like a little do, break in do, it do, do, you
6: remember, do you remember Roy Kinnear when he used to do that he did that character didn't he on the Dick Henry show um, where his son played by Dick Henry would say, dad I've got it wrong again oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Gay- yeah Lance. It was, it? Yeah, was it Lance and Gaylord.
5: Yeah, Lance and Gaylord. They wore I double don't... denim, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I, I just, look, honestly, we, do we know what's going on down there, the ins and outs of the conversations? No, we don't. None of us do. Is no. Mark Ashton the mystery guy at Ipswich? Well, he might be. Um, I doubt it. He I might doubt. not be. Uh, yeah. And we're, we're, who's there tomorrow doesn't really – I mean, I, uh, you know, if Steve's in Guernsey and John's over in, in – is it the Bahamas where he's, he's sorting his house out? Allegedly. Yeah. Bermuda. Bermuda. Yeah. Bermuda. So,
1: yeah, you know where he lives. So we yeah, found it.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's not in the Caribbean. By, by, all, uh, by all means, you you know, um, Mark Ashton will do it uh, and he'll give all his usual suave debonair – You know, uh, Nigel was always our first choice, which is a bit odd when you see. Well, you know, we were aware of Eddie Howe. Of course, we spoke to him. Well, if Nigel was your first choice, what are you trying to Eddie Howe for? Yeah. So it goes on that this type of this type of thing. You've got you've got to look at with a lot of these decisions. You've got to look at what informs your judgment, what what, what's actually happening? Never mind what he's saying. Yeah. What's actually happening? You know, and and and. And, and then at the end of that, I mean, I felt like saying at the end of that interview when when John Lansdowne was talking about Dean Olden, right? Okay, but where is John Lansdowne, and what have you done to him? Um, but you know, that I suppose I, we could be completely wrong, and it could all be exactly as it come out. But I just don't know how you do one one process and come up with Dean olden Well, I wish somebody's on the board to work. ask
1: that. Somebody's got the balls to ask that question. No, I doubt
5: you know, it but- I doubt it very much. That ain't no, gonna I don't be Mark Ashton's a politician, Jordan.
6: isn't he? What's that, Mark? Sorry? Well great great. Mark Ashton's a Greakers. politician and, and and Steve alluded to that when he said we like him we like him keeping our you know, keep, keeping our council on the EFL board, which just told you everything you wanted to know about what Mark Ashton is as an operator. I mean if we want yeah. a politician, you know, we'll we'll get a politician in. I mean well you know, that's that why really we does? were
1: advocating having a more diplomatic person we mm. said this a couple of pods ago you have a figureheady type person like a, a what was his name the scudamore who's yeah. local three days a week very big figurehead because steve wants to be abroad and stuff like that and 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 you bring in i mean look is uh, interestingly that um uh Pearson he had that guy uh Steve Walsh as his player recruitment guy who helped assemble that Leicester side or the basis of the side that won the uh, division and then I think Steve Walsh went to Everton and it didn't go quite so well yeah. up there but this all gets back to the setup and what's going to happen I mean I think the big thing guys in the last sort of 10 days it it looks like come the start of next season we're going to be back in at full stadiums you think that's uh Something, Taze, i come to you, Taze, because you've been sat there quietly in the background. Taze, uh, you, do you think we will have full stadia uh, come second week of August?
4: Well, you just don't know at the moment, do you? I'm hopeful. I think that'll uh, certainly be pleasing if Pearson is in charge and we do go back. But I dread to think what it'd be like if we do get to, quote Ian, someone like an Appleton. Um, I don't think there'll be as many that go back. Uh, but it will be interesting. Fingers crossed, because um, I think we've all had enough time away from it now. And what what better uh, better time to go back down there off the back of appointing someone like Pearson long term? Yeah, fingers crossed.
1: Les, do you think if uh, Pearson did get it and stay permanently, when they open the stadium, and let's assume they're full? Yeah, our, our home first match at home is the second week of the season, so we're talking probably about the fifteenth of August. Do you think that the stadium would be seeing a big crowd like there was there for the Fulham game, the last match, twenty thousand plus? Or do you think there's a hardcore of supporters at a certain age that won't go to these mass crowd events? What do you think? I mean, I'll be going, even though I'll be sixty-five. Well, yeah, by then,
0: yeah. Well, assuming assuming that people can afford to go and they haven't lost their jobs and they've still got the finances to buy us his ticket. I think they'll fly off the shelves if Pearson is in charge because he's the biggest name that we've had in years. And then you also put into the equation that we may have quite a large number of new players who yeah. people will want to see. They're going to be excited. New players, new, new manager, manager. Potenti- potentially yeah. new, new backroom team if you look at his assistants. Yeah. He will, I assume, want to bring his own men in. So, yeah, I think if he is in charge, I think they'll fly off the shelves if people can afford yeah. it.
1: Yeah, would you concur with that view as well, Dave? That you know, brave new world. If it all goes off, I mean, because if he does, if he fin- if he gets us to finish now about eighth, which I think is probably the best we can hope for, about eighth. Do you think that the the euphoria of being able to go back into grounds will supersede? Well, with all, as you said, new players, new manager, new everything. Do you think that will supersede any concerns about uh, COVID going on? I, I think we've- about
3: think all that criteria you just put in place then yeah i, I, I just put on the text there that I, I think it'd be an opportunity for the club to i'm not going to you know sell tickets at a stupid price but almost kind of recognize that people are a bit skint yeah and actually try go in a little bit cheaper than normal mm-hmm. and try and sell more because i think they need to recoup some income and, and where they're going to make their money is on actually people, more people being in the ground and more people buying other stuff. There's a, there's almost like a, I'd say a, a fixed amount of money they're going to get from season tickets. So the more people they can get in more people buying stuff in, you know, the merchandise stuff around the, you know, the, and the, the coffee shop and all that kind of stuff is the way they're going to make the money. So I, I don't know. That that would be yeah. my. I mean it's interesting my, my you made that it.
1: point about lower price season tickets. I've just done a quick calculation, and if they, if they did an across the board 150 pound subsidy off your season ticket, whatever it costs, and there was 10,000 season ticket holders, all right, that's one and a half million. Yeah, and that would be seen as a a good gesture and if you look at the amount of money that our chair our owner not our chairman our owner has that is like 1.5 million to him is probably like a couple of grand to us isn't it in terms of you know showing goodwill because i do think that steve lansdowne listened to the fans do you agree with that ian that he sat up and took notice about how bad people were really beginning to feel and maybe john who's in touch with the fans i would say maybe he said dad we got to do something here what do you think
3: um in a dick emery voice he
1: said it
5: <laughs> yeah i i think um when i when I, I i look at it and if i was steve lansdowne i look at let's try and look at it in a slightly different way if we can from his point of view now whether you call it wasted or invested or whatever it He's pumped an awful lot of money into this football club. And some people would look around and say, well, yeah, but hang on, that's his fault because he's he's pumped it into giving it to the wrong people or he put it in the wrong areas or whatever he's done. But yes, he's put about 175 million, I think, is into the club. What mm-hmm. he's got to show for it so far is infrastructure and a kind of, if we're lucky, middling championship team. Yeah, which which for spending that kind of dough, I mean, Burnley haven't spent that kind of money. Huddersfield haven't. Norwich haven't. And they've all been up. All right, they might have come back down. Yeah, we know that. Cardiff, the same. They haven't spent that kind of dough. And then, you know, they've been up. They've been down. All right. But at least they've done the go up, go down, the parachute thing. We haven't done that. And there's got to be a reason for it. So I, I, I don't know. I'd like to think that Steve is going to stay on um, and keep investing because he said we've got headroom in the summer with financial yeah. fair play in his interview. So that is a big signal to anybody coming in that's going to take the job and say, well, look, you, you get any, well, I'll call them name managers, okay? And we'll leave Paul Cook out for the time being because he's never managed in the Premier League. So if you said you were sat there in front, of you had Eddie Howe, Nigel Pearson, Perhaps you know someday. And uh, the, one of the things I can ask you in the conversation is, what money are you can invest to get me to build this team? You know, I, I, we have got 13 players leaving because everybody said to, somebody said to me the other day, "Hang on, you're wrong. It's 11. It's not because people forget Mariappa and Lansbury are over here to the end of the season. Um, yeah. So they're so there's th- it's 13 players. That get, now, okay, some of them couldn't care less that they're going. You know, I, I'll drive them wherever they want to go others she um Walsh you think mm, I'd, I'd rather hang on to them if that's all right yeah so yeah you might do I I, I want to see that I want to see that commitment from Steve or let's say for example if all these rumors are true about consortiums and God knows what I, I, I'd, I'd like some clarity on that and I would think any manager you know you wouldn't want a manager to sign a a three-year contract, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, uh, Steve say, well, actually, I've had a guts full of this. And I, I, I can't be, I'll tell you, this, tell you honestly, I wouldn't blame him uh, if he said, look, I, I'm fed up with all this. I'm still going to build the block of flats and the basketball stadium, but the football club's got right on my nerves. And yeah. um, I, I've decided I'm going to flog it, if if, if yeah. that was the case, because I don't get the letting all the contracts run down bit. I, I'd like Steve, to be honest... Because whenever I've spoken to him, he's always given me very, very straight answers to straight questions. And I want to say what, this is this is why we're letting these contracts run down. All right, don't worry you're pretty little Eddie. We're letting these contracts (laughs) run down. It is a strategy, it's not an accident. No. So so, I think leave it to us, we'll sort it out.
1: I think it's because they're expecting that they can get better quality players the clubs in a less financially fortunate position than us uh, will be able to afford. Yeah. There isn't going to be any money about Simon Jordan. I was listening to him today. It's a big, you know, we got to stay in this division because it would be an absolute disaster for Lansdowne. And maybe the specter of relegation to League One was starting to stare him in the face. Um, look, I think we've got everything to look forward to. We didn't have anything to look forward to when Holden came. We were lulled into a full sense of security with that four game winning uh, start. I feel. Uh, that we've got our Pat Lamb now, if he stays, uh, to a man. All agree that we feel in the football club we've now got our Pat Lamb equivalent. Are we all agreed on that?
6: Yeah, i got yes. a roadmap for us, Dave. You what, sorry? Yeah, our roadmap. This is my ideal roadmap. This
1: is your Pearson, ideal roadmap, Pe- is it? This is,
6: yeah. my ro- this is my roadmap. Pearson gets us promoted to the Premier League next season, survives the following season, and then we bring in Rani Ranieri.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. In your dreams. Les and Tay's agree with that. I mean, we've got, we can't vote now. We've got, we've got, we've got, uh, we've got our own, uh, we've got our own Pat Lamb now, haven't we? We, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You can back up. Dave agree with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Dave agrees. There we go. Guys, one hour 15. Uh, Thanks a lot for your contribution, all of you. A bit full this evening in there. We had a total audience at one stage of 141. Online, uh, as we speak now, 78, which is still a very uh, healthy number. We've broken through the 16,000 downloads barrier. We actually publish all our numbers on the front uh, of the website. This is episode 54. Our Twitter followers, still small in comparison to some, notably OSIB, but they've gone from 150 about two weeks ago. Up to about uh, 280. So I couldn't do any of this without your guys, you guys contributing, and you know it's it, it's really fun to do it. We do it for the crack. We're not four grumpy blokes or five grumpy blokes. We're Bristol City through and through, forever Bristol speak, City. Speak, speak,
5: speak for, speak for yourself. Are you grumpy? I'm
1: 60, I'm 65. In, I might not that's be his, doing it on the. That's, Mark is, of is, that's his modus, my that's his that's
6: his modus operandi. That is. Um, you know, three of us today. Happy birthday, Brian Tinian! Uh, of course, yeah, what a day! Tonight. He's
1: had a good day to celebrate. Guys, yeah, thank you for your good. contribution, and uh, <laughs> we'll see most of you uh, on Saturday after the uh, game against Swansea, which I think could be a draw, and that would send out a very good signal. Good night, everybody. Have a good day, evening, whatever's left. Of it. All right. Thanks all the best. Stay Stay safe, Dave, for cheers, yeah, Good night, everybody. Bye. everybody.
0: Bye. Good night.
3: Bye. 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 Cheers. Bye. Cheers, bye. Bye.
2: the button it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order mcdelivery now in the mcdonald's app you in our participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery and times supply see mcdonald's.com